NFL is back. Take it to the Max Sports Podcast, episode number three. The picks last week, college football and NFL, horrendous. Compared to my five and two first week of college football, I mean, that's so disappointing. I'm so mad at myself. But more importantly, the viewers, the listeners, the subscribers, I let you guys down. I'm sorry. Tonight is Monday, which means Monday Night Football, but not just Monday Night Football. Russell Wilson, uh, top three quarterback, top five quarterback in the league, has never had a losing season to the place that he returns to tonight, the Seattle Seahawks, where he won them a Super Bowl, where he got to two Super, Super Bowls, and he returns as a Denver Bronco. Broncos country, let's ride. Uh, you guys will be listening to this after the game is complete. Broncos minus six and a half. Let's really hope that wins because we had we had we had an awful week. But the most important part of this recap video, and I'll be bringing in my good friend NDSU um, sophomore. I'll be bringing him in later. But what's the most important part of this podcast? If you're watching on YouTube, this man right here, Jay Jettas, Justin Jefferson is one bad man. And in this new system with Kevin O'Connell, with Kirk Cousins under center for another year, he always puts up the stats. He always gives you the good garbage time, the good yards, the good uh, touchdown passes, the no interceptions, the great ratio. He always gives you that. But this year could be be a little bit different. I don't want to overreact because I go on Instagram, I go on uh, YouTube, I go on everything. And what is it? Full of the Vikings accounts that I follow. Absolutely on cloud nine right now after beating a terrible Packers team. We're one weekend. I can't overreact. It's so hard not to. So hard not to because Justin Jefferson, as was quoted by Aaron Rodgers, you ready for this direct quote from back-to-back uh, -back MVP from one of the best quarterbacks in the league up there with Russell Wilson and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers, after the game, quotes, JJ, Justin Jefferson, is the best player in the game today. That's a statement from a really good quarterback, a really good player in the league, a legend, a Hall of Famer. Jay Jettas is the best player in the game today. Soak that one in. It's his third year. I mean, and what he's doing with the spacing and with what Cooper Cup did with Kevin O'Connell as his offensive coordinator last year with the Rams. What Jay Jettas is going to be able to do this year, oh, he's going to pull up some numbers. Nine catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns. A lot more went on in the league yesterday than just that. Dak Prescott, fair quarterback in the league. He's hurt. He just underwent successful surgery which is good news um huge upsets in college football notre dame i predicted would who i predicted wouldn't be good jimbo fisher who in the offseason was ripping into saban for uh paying his player doing this doing that well jimbo fisher can't even be appalachian state so let's chill out a little bit down goes number six down goes number eight down goes number nine in college football week two wow uh, we had two overtime games yesterday. We had one tie. Uh, I mean, the Texans, Davis Mills, they they shocked the world. Um, and a Super Bowl hangover, Cincinnati Bengals. 
who I said, first and second episode, it's a real thing. We all know it's a real thing. But with this team last year, they it was a fluke. Uh, they were, I the games that they won in the playoffs. I guess that's how you go on runs. I guess that's how you get to the Super Bowl. I mean, 2017 Minnesota Vikings. I was at the Minneapolis Miracle game. If you get a guy like Case Keenum, who can, if you go on a run, you can do it. You can get to the Super Bowl. But the hangover, that's the real. That's the real question. They were the one team that I thought did really well last year that won't make the playoffs this year. Um, lots to talk about. But first guest of the podcast. Episode number three, he's coming in, NDSU sophomore, Mr. Sam Ashley. Oh man, how are you? What's happening? You like that intro? I mean, Jay Jettas. Great. I mean, second best Justin in the NFL, right? <laughs> the who's, the who's the first? The Herbo, best. get out of here. Oh. Get out of here. Is Herbo even a top five quarterback in the league? I would. It's pretty impressive that Justin Jefferson almost won rookie of the, offensive rookie of the year his rookie year. That was a really wow. good rookie year. I do remember uh, where we yeah, seniors in high school. Stats. It would have been nicer to see. You know, offensive rookie of the year is a really prestigious award. I'm glad someone was able to get it. And well, I'm I, my team. Hey, imagine. Uh, so senior year, we we had this debate: uh, Justin Jefferson, Justin Herbert, who gets it? They were both pretty comparable, but I said JJ kind of got he got the shaft. But if Justin Herbert wins MVP this year and Jay Jettas wins Offensive Player of the Year, wow. this podcast, this episode right here is gonna have a heyday. These two on, people have a heyday on a MVP announcement night, whatever honors. Um, the Chargers. I didn't watch the game. They were playing. <laughs> I'm I'm really sorry that your um, game got kind of what do you want to say? Uh, they were under the radar because there was a better team playing that day. I think as the season moves on, the uh, the NFL is going to have to put some respect on the AFC West. And anytime that it's a, there's a anytime it's a head-to-head matchup, it's must-see TV. There's not enough uh, respect for the AFC West this year. Yeah, know. I agree. Um, but. How'd the game go? I didn't watch. I was watching JJ absolutely light up the Packers secondary. That's why I'm here. I'm here to talk about probably the best team in the NFL. Let's hear it. We we have uh, this podcast just started up, but I think we got some Chargers listeners. I, we definitely have at least one Charger listener right here. We got one Charger listener, so let's hear the recap. Yeah, so uh, watching Brandon Staley after the game in his interview, he really talked about uh, the three phases of the game and how he played really complete a really p- complete game. You know, Herbert, 26 for 34, 279, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He had nine receivers, you know, with targets, two or plus more. Seven of those targets, seven of those receivers had four more targets. Uh, you know, Michael. That's – so, Tom, like, Tom Brady distributes mm-hmm. it better than anyone. If Justin Herbert is taking notes from Tom Brady right now and he's distributing it to backup receivers, backup running backs, uh, backup wide receivers – Rookie guys, uh, and didn't Keenan Allen get hurt? Yeah, so Keenan Allen went four for sixty-six in the first quarter. Got injured early in the second quarter. Um, probably about mid-second quarter. It looks like a hamstring injury. Don't think it's going to be too serious. Although I don't know if he's going to play against the Chiefs Thursday night football this week. Woo! Yeah. Where's it at? Oh. Arrowhead. It's in, it's in Arrowhead. Yeah. Okay. But That's we gonna be a... last year. We've been there the last two years, and we've got we've taken a game from them. So, really have you guys, 
you guys have split the season series the last couple of years. Last two years, yeah. Like, With Herbo. Two three, yeah, two to three, yeah. Uh, so the main question from not watching that game, uh, what was Brandon Staley's? Did he run away from going for it on fourth down in his own territory? He did start listening to less of the analytics and more of. I like that. It's all right. As an actual Chargers fan, I appreciated his gusto to attack fourth downs. Right. Uh, but the offensive play calling is really done more by our offensive coordinator, um, Joe Lombardi. Played for the Saints, you know, helped Drew Brees have many yeah. continuous successful seasons. And we saw that last year. Austin Eckler, 20-plus touchdowns, you know, 15-plus total yards. Exactly what Alvin Kamara was in that system. So that's, that's what was really exciting to see. But Joe Lombardi had an interesting day he called a lot of passes early and justin uh justin herbert went on to have 12 straight completions at one point in the game and then we get to our 2020 thing where anthony lynn was our coach and we get into conservative play calling and i was a little scared that we were going to save the game though because you guys were in control the whole game we were in control but we were having a stagnant offense like i said we were trying to run the ball we didn't run the ball too well only 76 total yards on the ground but we were we were trying to, you know, maintain our lead instead of sort of keeping our foot on the pedal. Right. Mahomes, five touchdown passes. He doesn't stop. I want to see that out of Justin Herbert. And I want to see that out of the play calling from Joe Lombardi. Um, so I got a notification from a Bleacher Report on maybe it's Wednesday or Thursday. J.C. Jackson, who was making his debut, he debut. He was hurt. He didn't play. And right away, I was I was making my NFL picks for Week One. Uh, <laughs> horrible week. And I was making the picks. I'm like, Devontae Adams, no JC Jackson. Do I go with the Raiders? And then I pulled away last second. I was like, actually, the Chargers are pissed from when they lost uh, the last regular season game. I stayed away from it. Happy I did. But uh, how'd the secondary look against Devontae? I mean, he had himself a day, but still. Yeah, 10 for 146 uh, on 17 targets. But I mean, when you are the best wide receiver in the league better than any wide receiver that the Vikings have on the roster right now. I like, I'm not going to lie playing against, uh, Devante for the last five years, twice a year. He, he's always been my, I picked him in every fantasy league. He's always been like yeah. him above JJ <laughs> after yesterday. Uh, but Devante's he's that guy. He's a he's weapon, but you're not really much you're going to do after him, especially when you lose that man to man corner like JC Jackson. But uh, Asante Samuel Jr., second-year player out of FSU, second-round pick last year, played yeah. really well. Only the highlights are going to show you that he got burnt on an insanely good route by Devontae Adams. But going head-to-head again, oh. <laughs> had the interception yeah. late, late uh, mid-third quarter. You know, Derek Carr leaves it a little short on Devontae. It was probably a touchdown, not going to lie to you. But uh, Asante Samuel gets the pick, and the entire defense was just a great – it was a defensive game for us. Khalil Mack and Bosa get to work. Khalil Mack, three sacks. Enjoy Bosa. <laughs> really? I have a tackle for loss for 20 yards on Devontae Adams on an end around. <clears throat> Our rush defense, which we ranked 32nd in the league last year, we allowed 62 rushing yards. I remember when uh, the Vikings played the Chargers last year and beat them. I was like, the only way the Vikings, because they had a terrible year, the only way they'll beat the Chargers is if Delvin Cook and Alexander Ma- uh, Madison just pounded because their rush defense last year was horrendous. It was. Like I said, 32nd ranked. But 62 total yards this on the ground this week. And 
it was really big for our new additions. It was a week for our new additions. Khalil Mack got a couple tackles for losses in the run game. Austin Johnson, a D-tackle. We got Sebastian Joseph Day from the Rams. Familiar with Staley's system. You know, we had a lot of playmakers. And also on offense, our new guys. Every single touchdown scored by the Chargers was from a piece that we added in the offseason. Love that. Uh, Putting you on the spot a little bit. Uh, Or first, let's go realistic expectations for the Chargers this year. Because, hey, after after watching the Vikings last year, I want to so badly go out and say, like, not we're going to win it, but we're going to, like, roll the division. I know Aaron Rodgers too well. I know the Vikings organization too well. Been to four Super Bowls, four in a span of seven years. Didn't win any. Um, I want to put some – I don't want to overreact too much. We looked really good, but I – it's hard, Sam. Yeah, Sam, when you beat a team week one in convincing fashion, especially a good team like the Raiders, like don't you want to just go out and... I wouldn't want to put too much respect on the Raiders. I don't... <laughs> they're very overlooked. I don't trust that secondary, I, especially after Keenan Allen goes out and Justin Herbert is still able to have the day that he has. Although being one of the top echelon quarterbacks, he, uh, you know, I wouldn't put too much respect on that Raiders defense besides Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, who totaled zero sacks <laughs> against uh, what some people thought was a questionable right side of the Chargers offensive line, but we, zero sacks speaks for itself. You watched the game with Moose and McGuire? I did watch the game with some of those those Raiders fans that, that we went to high school with. And it's tough. It was a great day. It was a great it's day. It's a tough scene. What, what shocked you? Like, what happened around the league yesterday that was like... What what team kind of surprised you? What team like what 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 did you notice yesterday, especially in the early side games? Because you weren't watching the Cardinals and the yeah, Titans I, I game and Vikings. Game on. I didn't have the Titans game on. I was watching. We had the Packers game on. We had Red Zone on one of our TVs and the TVs of the Chargers game. The Every Red five game. minutes was just a Patrick Mahomes touchdown. Patrick Mahomes touchdown or Joe Burrow interception. Wow, what a tough game. I mean the Steelers defense, but. There's just not a lot that you can do against them, especially that for him to drop 22 fantasy points after having four total turnovers, four or five. That's the team, Sam. Uh, you heard in the intro, but I'm just like, they're they're very young. They're gonna be good for a while, and I like Zach Taylor. I love Joe Burrow. Um, I think they got. I mean, they were a coin flip away. Um, they barely beat the Raiders, a wild card game, and they got to the Super Bowl, and they made it competitive but i'm like this year there's no way there's no way and when you get when you get hot at the right time like they did at the end of the year it can take you places but i do think um jamar chase is unreal uh joe burrow is crazy but i think they're just gonna slow slow down a little bit this year yeah just for my season expectations uh for the Chargers against teams like that early on we've got a lot of wins to stack up we're playing the chiefs this thursday but then we go around teams such as Jaguars, Browns without Deshaun Watson, Texans, Seahawks, you know, teams that we can, we can, it's not unrealistic to say that we could go seven, eight, no. If we can beat the Chiefs on Thursday. If we don't, I could still see it being reasonable that we're seven and one, eight and one. And any team that starts like that and any team that has Justin Herbert um, is a team that's, you know, looking at a Super Bowl. I'm high on the Chargers this year, but I'm higher on uh, Broncos country. Wow. We're going to see what happens in, uh, let's see, T-minus one hour. Yeah. We're going to see what happens. I think Russell Wilson with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. 
Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. (laughs) Do you want me to keep going, Sam? Are you guys done for? I don't think they really stand a chance. I don't trust that front. <laughs> everyone likes to like. Everyone likes to hype up. Randy I mean, it's. I guess it's only. He's uh, only had one season with uh, six or more sacks. His career high is six sacks in a season. He's very injury prone. I don't necessarily love signing. Last year was his only consistent year, and I don't even think he broke six sacks. And then Bradley Chubb is someone that we've dealt with. You know, these past couple seasons, we haven't really had too much trouble. He's he's a playmaker, but. He's not someone that's created an absurd amount of trouble for us, so it's really just the Chiefs and the Chargers in this division. Okay, well, I think the Broncos are going to the Super Bowl. That's my biasy with uh, Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. But uh, third podcast episode, first guest. I wouldn't want anyone else other than Mr. Samuel Ashley. Love you, brother. Good luck, Good luck to your Chargers. Love you too, man. And uh, until next time. Until next time, man. Okay, peace. Uh, let's segue. Let's move. Let's transition. Sam, what a great guest. Uh, big Chargers fan. Let's transition to the Rams and Bills, which was a huge whiff. Big whiff. Uh, for me to go out there and bet against the Bills and Josh Allen, who got screwed, who got the shaft in overtime. Versus the Chiefs last season, and has been thinking all, all off season about this game versus the Rams, and his ceiling being as high as like a Brett Favre, right? Being as high as like a Dan Marino. Some of these legends. Josh Allen has it all. He also has the running game. He's not afraid to take a hit, which scares me. Uh, he's a big enough boy where I don't really care if he's taking hits because he can kind of take it, but no one is, um, no one is non-injury prone. No one is made out steel. Uh, Josh Allen is going to get banged up and let's hope he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, I'm going to have to change my Super Bowl winner. I know it's week one, but the bills, man, Von Miller, is he out of his prime? Like he's been in his prime. How many years has he been in the league forever? And he's been in his prime forever. He doesn't look like he's slowed down one bit. He wrecked the game, the Super Bowl, last year. When he went on the Rams, the run that he went on with the sacks, with the strips, fumbles, what he's been known throughout his career to do. The run that he went on, though, was crazy. And he's picking up right where he left off. Stephon Diggs, um, second favorite receiver in the league. He was my favorite until this man right here got drafted, um, but Stefan was doing his thing. Josh Allen was doing his thing. Gabe Davis, who torched the Chiefs last year in the FC Divisional round. So this is another thing, and I think I mentioned it the last, last podcast. I didn't want to put too high of expectations on the Bills this year because they're Super Bowl favorites, and they won one playoff game last year. They rolled that playoff game. Um, I think to take super put Super Bowl favorites as a label on a team that only won one playoff game the previous year is a tall task. But they looked like it on Thursday night in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. They looked like it. They looked really good. They didn't look like they had any flaws. Um, Cooper Cup was their only uh, man that they can stop. But who can stop Cooper Cup? No one, right? 
So Josh Allen, he does thing. Jalen Ramsey. So I was reading a PFF stat, Pro Football Focus. He let up over 150 yards in coverage, over 10 receptions, and two touchdowns. This is the highest paid. I take that back. Um, someone else just got signed. Oh, uh, Ward from Danza Ward from uh, the Cleveland Browns. He's now the highest paid cornerback. But Jalen Ramsey, who is the highest paid cornerback, who is an absolute lock in the secondary for those Rams, who that secondary does not look too good. Josh Allen had a couple picks, but they weren't great plays from the secondary. They were just bad throws. Uh, that could be the weakness of the Rams this year. Jalen Ramsey, however, the big shock of the big surprise was he just got burnt and burnt and burnt and burnt. And we saw it with um, the Bengals last year with Jamar Chase. We saw it in the playoffs a couple times. Should we be worried? No. Jalen's still the best cornerback in the league. Uh, should not be worried. This adds fuel to his fire in what is going to be a great year for him, um, a great year for the Rams. I don't think the Rams are – they didn't look good. But I, it's kind of a wake-up call, kind of a slap in the face to open the year. The Rams are a really good team. The Rams could go back to the Super Bowl. I'm still very high on them. The Thursday night game with the Bills coming in with just a different energy. I don't know why I bet against them. Uh, I'm not too worried about the Rams. Um, move over a little bit to Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 o'clock Central Time, 11 o'clock Mountain Time. You go on and on. Anyways, but when I was watching those games at 1 o'clock, NFL, week one, first of all, Red Zone Man is the best. He's from Syracuse, Syracuse alumni. Uh, he just goes on and on, commercial-free, football all day. It's just the best feeling in the world, up until Sunday Night Football, where we had the Bucks and the boys. But commercialist football, no better feeling, sitting back, watching these games, hoping my bets were going to hit. The bets were an absolute whiff. It started really bad when the Texans went up 20-7. to 7 late in the game against the Colts. It started really bad when the Browns went up 14-0 with Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback. Um, Carolina Panthers with Baker Mayfield. Uh, go to Floor 10 Sports Podcast. Watch every single episode, 1 through 12, 1 through 11. And you will hear me absolutely ripping into Baker Mayfield. He's my least favorite quarterback in the league. He's cocky for no reason. He hasn't complete, He hasn't accomplished anything in the NFL. Um, and he's got this just nasty energy about him that I don't like. Why I would bet on them. I'm. What my problem was is I was contradicting myself with almost every single pick that I made in the NFL week one. So I pick on a team who they have my least favorite quarterback. But I still think should win the Panthers. They lose game to a game winning field goal from the Browns. Uh, but they lost by two. They won a covered three anyways. Um, the Colts and the Texans, I thought minus seven, like 
versus one of the worst teams in the league, which so happens to be not the worst team in the league. Um, I thought minus seven for the Colts with Matt Ryan, who I thought would be the answer. There's so many questions. But week one gives you a really good glimpse of what it's kind of what teams are kind of going to be like what's going to happen throughout the nfl season and it started really bad and just got worse and worse until the vikings played you're not supposed to ban your own team uh but the minnesota vikings that was that was an easy pick because aaron Rodgers wasn't going into rocking rocking u.s bank stadium and winning that game that wasn't happening with jj jettas jj 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 is in space. That was not happening. Um, but it started off bad. Didn't get any better. Colts loot or Colts tie. Eagles bad beat. Lions. They kept it competitive until the end, when they're getting blown out, and then decide to score a late minute touchdown to have the Eagles not cover four. The Eagles won by three. That's a bad beat. Um, the Colts tie, the Panthers lose, the Rams lose, and I was so iffy on the Rams. But um, so, what do you do? You go zero and four to start the day. Can we go up from there? And then the uh, and then the Vikings get on TV. They win finally, one and four. They finally win. Um, but bad picks, bad picks. Interesting day in the NFL. Um, Bengals downfall. Now the Patriots, who I thought had a lot of value at plus three. Bill Belichick, if you give him a whole offseason to prepare for a game, um, he that that should not happen. That was an embarrassment. Um, I will say the Dolphins came out with some different energy, uh, getting Tyreek Hill in the offseason, getting Mike McDaniel's in the offseason. <laughs> Tyreek Hill with an unreal, <laughs> he's a media monster, uh, with an unreal quote at the end of the game. I, I didn't even watch this happen, but apparently Mike McDaniels went for it on fourth and seven. And after the game, Tyreek Hill was asked about it. He said, quote, McDaniels going to need a whale, wheelbarrow for his nuts to carry them around. All right, let's chill out a little bit. I saw from, I saw some highlights, some passes from Tua. He's not better than Patrick Mahomes. You can uh, lie to the media all you want. Tua, Tua is not better than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Tyreek Hill, yeah, you'll do your thing. Jalen Waddle, they'll do their thing. They're really talented. I don't think they're as good as people think. Um, their defense, I mean, Mac Jones got hurt early in the game, and he is now being getting x-rays for, I believe, a back spasm. Hopefully he's back for week two, but just from the start, ugly game, bad pick, Max. Uh, Hard Rock Stadium was rocking. Everyone wanted to see the Dolphins in their previous days like they had with Dan Marino. Tua ain't no Dan Marino. I like Tua. I like Tua too. Uh, when he came out of college, a lot of people, and especially his rookie year, people threw him under the bus real quickly. I went out and defended him. I like Tua. I think he's solid, but Tyreek Hill going out to the media and lying about how Patrick Mahomes isn't as good as Tua when he went out and had five touchdowns versus the Arizona Cardinals who were in the wildcard playoff year, game last year. Let's not lie about that. 
the Eagles and Lions game, I kind of talked about how the Eagles dominated from the beginning. A.J. Brown with 120 receiving yards. In the first half, how about a welcome to your new team, A.J. Brown, and a fantasy monster on my team. Unreal game from him. Jalen Hurts looked really good. Uh, Devontae Smith, I believe he played and didn't get targeted or didn't have a catch because I started him on fantasy too. And he had zero points, which is weird, but I guess they didn't. Yeah, Miles Sanders, maybe he's going to have a good year. So I'm kind of looking for these three running backs, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, and Miles Sanders, all in the same division, right? One for the Giants, uh, Saquon Barkley, who had himself a day, Saquon, Saquads. If he can kind of put that team on his back and don't let Daniel Jones get too too involved with the offense. The Giants could win a couple games more than I thought they would. Um, but Ezekiel Elliott with his vision, his black mask, I love that. Just running hard through the holes. He looks like he's in really good shape. And Miles Sanders, who can't score a touchdown ever in his career. My friend Nolan. Bran, shout out, uh, friend here, Patriots fan. He's like, Miles Sanders just scored a touchdown? I'm like, yeah, what about it? He's like, Miles Sanders never scores touchdowns. I went back and realized, well, he doesn't. But I guess this Eagles team with Nick Sirianno as year two, with Jalen Hurts as year two, they looked really good. Now, related to the Philadelphia Eagles, I have an announcement to make, a really sad announcement. The Minnesota Vikings go into Philadelphia Monday night, next Monday night, seven days from now, six days from when you're watching this podcast. And I made a bet before the season went on. I didn't say it on the podcast. I did to my friends. And I said, I will cut my hair. I will cut my hair. I'll cut these Goldilocks when the Minnesota Vikings lose a game. No, I didn't have to get a haircut today or Sunday night. Um, I'm hoping I don't have to get a haircut until next year because a perfect season, it's it can be done. The Patriots were so close. The Dolphins did it. Per- perfect season can happen. And the way Justin Jefferson looked yesterday, the way Delvin Cook ran hard, you didn't even know Delvin Cook had more than 50 rush yards because he was so covered up by the explosiveness. And by the way, Kirk was absolutely delivering that ball to Jay Jettis. You didn't even know Delvin Cook had a good game, did you? Well, he did. And that offense looks really good. And Zadarius Smith having a sack on his former quarterback, the team that, quote, treated him very poorly, unquote, he went in, he dominated. Jordan Hicks, great replacement for Anthony Barr, who is non-existent. I didn't, did you know Anthony Barr was on the field yesterday for the Cowboys against the Bucks last night on Sunday Night Football? Did you know? Because I didn't. Anthony Barr, I really liked him for the Vikings. He didn't always play his hardest, but he's very talented. Um, we took him over Johnny Manziel, which I'm thankful for in the 2014 draft. I could be wrong. Anyways, uh. These locks will get cut when the Vikings lose a game. It could be next year. 
Could be two years from now. Could be five years. I don't see how they're going to lose a game anytime soon. I'm just kidding. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, they could they could cut off my hair Monday night, Tuesday morning. Wouldn't be pretty. But it's getting a little long. That's my announcement to make. And the Vikings are going to have the toughest task of – I was looking at their schedule this year, and they got to play the Patriots on Thanksgiving night. They got to play at the Bills, which I'm going to, with my friend Noah Rogoff, big Bills fan, shout out, from Rochester, New York. I'm going to that game, and I could watch them get uh, trounced, could get pummeled by the Bills in Buffalo when it's maybe 40, 30, 20, 10 degrees. That could happen. That could be the day that I cut my hair. Anyways, Vikings, Eagles, next Monday night. Man, I'm ready for that. Uh We've been talking for 32 minutes about the NFL and haven't even touched college football. There's still more on the NFL that I have here that I want to talk about, but we can't. We can't. What a horrible week betting college football week two. And usually the first week is always your roughest, right? That wasn't the, that was the case for the NFL yesterday. Wasn't the case for college football week one where I went five and two. But I, I I took these terrible picks and kept getting bad beat after bad beat after bad beat. I did take Louisville to go into UCF and not only cover six points but win. That happened. Um, Baylor, which was, a I think, a five-hour game, kept going into overtime. Kickers losing the games for their team. But Baylor lost to BYU in a close one. BYU Stadium. I don't know what it's called. Brigham Young University Stadium was rocking. That place was loud. Even after their field goal, their kicker missed 18,000 field goals. That place was still rocking. And BYU is pretty legit. I still think Baylor's really good. I was confident in that pick. It didn't hit. Bad beat, though, because Baylor went into overtime. Now, when you have plus three in overtime. Uh, usually you'd think a field goal could lose you or you could win it. That wasn't the case. They lost by six. Um, tough. University of Colorado at Air Force. Game wasn't close from the beginning. They scored one touchdown, which was my only hope. Um, but that didn't last for long. That was sad. They got embarrassed at Air Force. At Air Force Academy. Colorado didn't cover 17 points. And now to the team that I think is the most overrated preseason college football team of all time. I went on week one, episode one, before college football kicked off. I said, Notre Dame is going to get ruled by Ohio State. They didn't get ruled. They kept it kind of close, lost by 11. It shouldn't been that close. And then I go and I contradict myself because I say Marcus Freeman isn't the guy there. He brings a lot of energy. I'm sure he has some football knowledge on the defensive side because he was a former defensive coordinator for them. He's not a head coach. Um, People underestimate the impact that Brian Kelly had on South Bend, Indiana, Notre Dame. And he goes to LSU. First of all, you got to give coaches time. So I don't want to put Marcus Freeman on blast right away even though I have been. Brian Kelly, you got to give him time at LSU because he is still one of the best college football coaches. I believe that. 
uh, he made Notre Dame really good for the last decade. Um, but when you replace a guy like Brian Kelly, you better turn around fast because your fans are not winning. And University of Marshall, they ain't winning either. They're getting right on it. What do University of Marshall do? Well, Max Murphy picks Notre Dame as 20 and a half, which contradicts myself like I've been doing. They had one lead for more than five minutes of the whole game. Notre Dame got killed, got upset by Marshall. Minus 20 and a half. Why did I do it? Well, I thought, hey, after coming off a big loss to Ohio State, they're still a good team. They'll they'll bounce back and kill Marshall. I didn't know one thing about Marshall. I just bet it because I like the number. Minus 20 and a half. Not a smart bet. Uh, they got rolled. They dropped from eight outside the top 25 in the power rankings or in the AP pool. And so Notre Dame, I talked about them. Now let's go to my picks. Not good. Let's go to Alabama and Texas. Maybe a lot of you guys have been wanting to hear a take on this game. The great Houdini, sorry, the great Houdini escape. I've never seen anything like it. Nick Saban and Bryce Young, when it mattered most, they escaped out of that game. Houdini, who can get out of a straitjacket. Houdini, who's considered the greatest magician alive. That's what Alabama did at Saturday at 12 o'clock in Austin, Texas. That's what they did. They played the worst game I've ever seen under Nick Saban. I've never seen Nick Saban look not just that unprepared. I think they were a little bit phased. I think they underestimated being mass 21 point favorites versus Texas. I think they underestimated the Longhorns a little bit. Longhorns are really good. They jumped up to top 15 as they should have. Um, now, big turn point in this game. Quinn Ewers, who's a top high school prospect. Uh, Quinn Ewers goes in there at Texas. Everyone downing them. Everyone downing them. Quinn Ewers goes the great mullet. He completes over 75% of his passes. Gets a touchdown. Keeps it really close. Defense is playing well. Quinn Ewers is running out left. Running out right. Wheeling and dealing to their great wide receivers. Woods. He's a beast. And they got young receivers, too. They're going to be good with Archie Manning coming. But Quinn Ewers was doing his thing. And then uh, football takes over. And you can go back and look at the play. It was not a dirty hit. Quinn Ewers was in the air, back to pass, throwing it. He was in the air. Now, if you're in the air, you're not defenseless. Um, a defensive player can tackle you to the ground. Shoulder first, whatever. Uh, they call roughing the pass, passer. Um, bad call there. Anyways, prayers out to Quinn Ewers. I hope he gets back because that team with him is really fun to watch. But then Jackson Card comes in. Excuse me, I don't know. His, Hudson. Hudson Card. He comes in the game, and he keeps it close the whole game. He's playing well. He's playing better than everyone expected to because once you lose Quinn Ewers, how do you recover? 
University of Texas did well. Steve Sarkeesian, the disciple from Nick Saban, the greatest college football coach in right now in the game, maybe of all time. Steve Sarkeesian had a great game plan. They Quinn Ewers got rid of the ball fast, which what doesn't that do? It doesn't give time to Will Anderson, who some say are the is the best defensive player in college football. I'm going to disagree. I think Brian BC Breezy, sorry, Brian Breeze is the best player. Clemson D lineman. He's like a JJ Watt. He's a big dude down the gut. Can't run on. Anyways, Will Anderson has really high hopes. He was one of the best players in college football last year. Uh, they think that this year he could go number one, number two, number three overall. The way he played, I was counting. I don't have this statistic. I was counting while watching this game. I didn't watch it till the full end. Um, he had over three neutral zone infractions and two late hit calls. So he had over five penalties and almost sold the game. Thank God they got Nick Saban and Bryce Young. And they had the great Houdini escape. Because Will Anderson, who's supposed to be the best, he played a terrible game. He didn't look like the best defense player. He didn't look like one of the top five players on the field that day. That day in Texas. What a game, though. Back and forth. Punt, 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 touchdown. Punt, 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 touchdown. Pick, fumble. Everything but a high-scoring game. Uh, they survive. Alabama does it. Bryce Young with a, hopefully we could get a graphic up, but a great picture taken of him. He's inches. He's that close from getting sacked in one of the last plays of the last series of the game. Texas goes down, gets a field goal with a minute some left. Bryce Young is that close, so close to getting sacked. He escapes. He gets out. He runs at 20 yards. Alabama kicks a field goal. They win. They survive. They drop from number one to number two or three in the AP top 25, as they should. They did not look good. Uh, Georgia scares me because I put Georgia and Notre Dame. Those are my two teams I'm putting on blast in college football this year. And Georgia, they're doing their thing. Universe, a bad team, but Oregon... They look really good. They look like a top four team, unfortunately. I'm not going out there and putting them in my top four because my boys with Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr., he had some Justin Jefferson numbers on Saturday versus Georgia State, Georgia Southern, whatever. He had some numbers. I mean, Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison Stats. You ready for this, guys? Um, he had... So CJ Stroud completed 16 of his 24 passes for 351 yards. CJ Stroud, who's going to win the Heisman, did that. What did Harrison have? Well, he had seven catches, two less than Justin Jefferson. 184 yards. The same amount of yards that Justin Jefferson had and three touchdowns. Wow. What a game. And Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't even play. That offense is surreal. Cody Simon leading the defensive side of the ball. Ohio State moves up to number one on my top four. Who's number two? 
USC, Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, Lincoln Riley. Do you want me to keep naming the players the weapons, the faces of USC Trojan football? Do you want me to keep naming it? I could. I don't have time. USC versus Stanford versus their rival. Went out and rolled. Why did I take the under in this game? Because USC puts up so many points. Why did I take the under? I don't know. I'm contradicting myself. But that offense with Caleb Williams and Jordan Asson looks really good. That whole team looks really good. Yeah, two might be high, some say. I don't think so. Because in an offensive-driven game, with what Lincoln Riley has proved to do at University of Oklahoma and what he's doing so far at University of Southern California with Trojan football, is what the name of the game is, not just college football, but in the NFL. At number two, USC. They're really good. Uh, Stanford's not a bad team, but they just went out and embarrassed them. Number three, Clemson, with the best defense in the league. Sorry, I keep saying the league. I'm on the FL. And the best defense in college football. They got. They always have defensive monsters. Me and uh, my co-host roommate, Tay Sweetwood, Floor 10 Sports Podcast, we, and he especially, always goes on and says, those defensive guys can keep getting replaced because they're recruiting with Dabo Sweeney, who's the top three coach in college football, and they're recruiting for defense, how well they're known on the defensive side of the ball. They can keep doing their thing, and they're doing it again this year with the best college, with the best defense in college football. Yeah, maybe some could say Alabama does, but the way I watched Will Anderson on Saturday at University of Texas in Austin, the way I watched him play, that's not the best defense. Brian Breezy in the middle, the secondary dogs that they got on defense at Clemson they're my number three team DJ um their quarterback throw shade at him all you want I think he's gonna manage the games I think he's gonna get them to be a team where they don't have to rely on their offense which they haven't since they've had him uh because they had oh I don't know Trevor Lawrence Deshaun Watson so it's taking DJ some time he's in his junior year um, I do think he is still maybe not an NFL quarterback, but I think he can lead this team really far. Um, the ACC's really underrated. They're good this year, and I think Clemson could go undefeated, except for when Syracuse comes in there. When Syracuse comes into Death Valley and rocks Clemson, no one be surprised because Garrett Schrader, we could get to Syracuse later, but I, th- I talk about them a lot. I got an audience for Syracuse. Um, but what Garrett Schrader is doing, top three in college football behind Caleb Williams in completion percentage, what he does with his feet, what he does with his arm now is very impressive. He made a big jump, big leap from year one to year two uh, with Sean Tucker and those guys that they got on defense who are going to get drafted. Anyways, Clemson, third best team. In college football. Fourth best team, Alabama. Because they're the only team that could play that bad. Where Bryce Young could play the worst game of his career. That's the only time I've ever seen him get overwhelmed. Uh, The worst game of his career. And they beat Texas. In Texas' biggest football game that they've had in a decade. And they escaped somehow with Nick Saban, the greatest college football coach. So, we got one, Ohio State, 
two USC, three Clemson, and four Alabama. My top four teams. Um, Syracuse University. Wow. Keep doing what you're doing. You got your toughest test on Saturday when the Purdue Boilermakers led by Aiden O'Connell will come into this house. Will come into JMA Wireless Dome. Carrier Dome. When they come in here, who's going to be waiting? Who's going to be waiting on the other side? On the other sideline? Oh, I don't know. Garrett Schrader. Sean Tucker. The best running back in college football behind Deuce Vaughn. Bijan Robinson's really good too. Garrett Williams. Deuce Chestnut. Michael Jones. Marlo Wax. They got guys. And when Purdue comes in here, don't expect you to win. Just because you won nine games in the Big Ten last year doesn't mean you're going to do it this year. When you already lost to Penn State. When you're going to come into Syracuse and be in for a surprise. Keep doing what you're doing, boys, at Syracuse. Um, stoked for this game. But if you'll excuse me, in T-minus a couple minutes, I got to watch the Denver Broncos led by Russell Wilson go in. To his former home, my favorite city in the United States of America, Seattle, Washington. And I have to sit on my couch and watch him light it up. Let's hope. If not, won't be the best week of betting. But that's what we're going to hope for. Hope for Minnesota Vikings with a solid victory. Can't overreact too much, but I want to really badly with a solid victory. Over the Green Bay Packers. No pack, no. We don't like cheese here. Um, Skull, baby. What else can I say? Take it to the Max. Sports Podcast with your host, Max Murphy. Episode 3. We'll see you Friday.